How are you going to make Easter special this year? I want to invite you to sign up for our Holy Week devotional. It's called Our Good King. And it's me and the rest of the TMBT team unpacking the true meaning of Easter. You sign up to receive a daily devotional email by clicking the link in the show notes, and you get your first one on Palm Sunday. Welcome to 10-Minute Bible Talks, where we connect the Bible to your life and the time it takes to drive across town. I'm Keith Simon. And I'm Patrick Miller. Right now, we are working through 1 Corinthians 13, which is Paul's definition of love. Back in 2009, a guy named Steve Monforto, I think I'm saying his name right, but either way, we'll go with it. Steve and his daughter, they go to a baseball game. She's three years old. They live in New Jersey, and they go to a Phillies game. Steve's been a big fan for really his whole life, and this is a chance to take his daughter. But it's also a way for him to escape his responsibilities and get to go to a baseball game. You know how... Dads do that sometimes. Hey, if I take the kid, I can do just about anything. I can even go to a baseball game. So he's there at night, and they're up in the kind of the upper deck, and a foul ball gets hit by one of the better-known Philly players, a guy named Jason Worth. Hits a big foul ball, and it gets all the way up, and Steve reaches over, and he catches it, and he gives it to his little three-year-old girl who promptly throws it back toward the field, down in the stands, never to be seen again. And Steve's reaction was perfect. He he was shocked. It's not at all what he thought was going to happen. He thought he just got his daughter this really cool souvenir. But, you know, she was three. She threw it back. She didn't know. That's what you do with the ball, right? You throw it. And he picked her up and gave her a big hug. Now, I bring that up because today we're in 1 Corinthians 13, and we are looking at this manifestation of love called, do not be easily angered. And and I think in that moment, it would have been easy to show frustration, exasperation, anger. Things did not go the way Steve had planned. He'd spent a lot of money. He had taken a lot of time. Here he was, got something for his daughter, and she didn't appreciate it. And when you think about it, it's easy to go, oh, I would have reacted the right way. But in the moment, would you have? In the moment, do we ever quite act the way that we wish we would have acted when we've had a chance to reflect on it? But Steve demonstrated love because he was not easily angered at his daughter, even when things didn't go well, even when she didn't act the way that he had hoped she would. Sometimes Paul tells us in this chapter of what love is, and sometimes he tells us what it's not. And this is one of those occasions where he says love is not easily angered. Or some versions have love is not irritable. Love is not grouchy. Love is not kind of quick to pull the trigger to to be frustrated or exasperated with someone. When do you get grouchy, easily angered, irritable? For you, is it in the morning before you had your coffee and everybody knows to avoid you? Is it when you're under a lot of pressure? For me, I know one of the times is at night. The later it gets at night, the more irritable that I am prone to get. But do you have enough self-awareness to know when you are more sensitive to be easily angered? 
The Gospels tell a story about how the disciples were easily frustrated with people and how Jesus, because remember, Jesus is love. Jesus is the perfect demonstration of this whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. So that in Mark 6, the disciples are easily angered. Jesus shows love instead of irritability. So just to set the stage, Jesus has sent the 12 out and they've gone out to do ministry and and they've seen incredible, amazing things, but it's been tiring and exhausting and they've come back and they're going to get away from all the crowds for a little bit. They're going to be able to spend some time with Jesus. He's going to listen to them, what they experienced out there, and it's it's going to be a fantastic time, camp with Jesus. Who doesn't want to do that, right? So they go in a boat to get away from the crowds. So it, it, here's what Jesus says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Well, that's what I wanted. I wanted rest. I wanted the people to stop bugging me. I wanted to be with Jesus. But here's the deal. It didn't turn out quite like they had hoped because, because when they were uh, on their way to get the rest, all the people in the crowds, they saw where they were headed, and they ran around the lake, got around there before Jesus and his disciples could get there. So when they show up on the other side of the lake, there's these needy people again. And the disciples are just a bit exasperated. The people are hungry, they want food, and the disciples are like, hey, could you just get rid of these people? Go, go tell them to go get their own food. Just get away. I'm tired. I'm hungry. The last thing I want to do is deal with people. So get away from me, people. But Jesus' response is really, really different than that. It says that he had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus, instead of telling them to go take care of their own food, fed them. He met their need. He wasn't frustrated with them. He wasn't easily angered or irritable or grouchy. The disciples were, and I can identify. They had a plan of what they thought was going to happen. And sometimes when I have a plan of how I think life's going to happen and then someone interferes with that plan, that's one of the times I'm easily angered. They were hungry. Ever been hangry? Yeah, he's been most of my life hangry. So I get it. They were They were tired. You know, maybe it's tangry. I don't know. But like I already said, when I get tired, I get, I get irritable. Jesus was all those things too, because Jesus was perfectly human like us. But instead of lashing out at them, instead of running away from them, instead of being frustrated with them, he reached out to meet their needs. He had compassion on them. Anger. Where does that come from? We see it. It gets manifest in our life in all kinds of ways, right? Sometimes we lash out at people. Sometimes we have a snarky comment, a sarcastic comment. Sometimes we just, we clam up. We, we give somebody the cold freeze. Sometimes we gossip about people because we're angry with them. But somehow we're going to make them pay in some way. Now, have you ever thought about your anger? Where does it come from? You ever notice that in your life you get angered about things that just aren't that big of a deal? They're, they're small. They're, they're trivial. Most fights between spouses usually are not over big principles. They're over inconveniences and hassles and frustrations of daily life. 
I, I always say that when somebody seems to be angry disproportionately to what actually happened, in other words, when their anger seems like an overreaction to the real-life events, it's probably because they're angry about something else, and it's just spilling out in this conversation. Where does anger come from? I think it's because we know, at least we think we know, what we want, and something's threatening that. Either we have what we want, and something's threatening to take it away, or we know what we want to get, and someone's keeping us from it, and so we get angry at them. But what if I knew that what I really want, what I really need, what will really satisfy me is Jesus, and nothing can take him away? And I don't, I don't need to get angry because I don't, I don't have to have that thing in order to make my life worth living. I don't have to have your approval or have to have more money or have to have that promotion or have to have that recognition, whatever it is. I've got Jesus, and that's enough for me. Love is not easily angered. Love is patient. It's, it's kind. It's all these things we've been seeing 1 Corinthians 13 tells us about. It's not just an emotion. It's an action. We don't demand from other people that which they cannot give us. Another person is not going to give us ultimate satisfaction. Another person is not going to bring ultimate happiness. Another person is not going to bring ultimate purpose or meaning or whatever else it is in our life. Only Jesus can be that. And when I have Jesus, then I don't demand things from other people that they can't give me. When I'm satisfied and happy in Jesus, I am free to love people for who they really are. I'm able to love people where they really are. Check your anger. Next time you get angry, ask yourself, what's going on inside of me that's causing this reaction? I think a little honest self-examination could go a long way to helping you understand yourself and understanding what it might look like to love others the way God loves you. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us a rating. That helps others find this podcast more easily. Also ask yourself who you could share this podcast with. Texting an episode to a friend or family member is a great way to help them grow spiritually. If you want to go deeper, check out our show notes for book recommendations.